Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I'm a female leader in sports. I'm the general manager of a AAA baseball team in minor league baseball, and I'm the first woman to hold this title in nearly 20 years. And I'm here with the Leadership is Female podcast to make sure that this amount of time never goes by again before another woman leads. Marion Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here to interview successful women in sport to uncover opportunity, learn the tips, learn from our mistakes, learn from our successes to get you to the top faster. Join me and my guests week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. I will lead her forward because leadership is female. This week's interview on the Leadership is Female podcast is in the sports tech world. Our guest is Megan Kersaval, Director of Sales and Marketing at Stellar Algo, a customer data platform focused on helping sports organizations better understand and nurture their fans with data. Megan is a former two-sport student athlete and national champion at the University of Calgary in swimming and rugby and graduated with a business degree with a specialization in marketing. Megan worked in the Canadian Football League with both a team, the Calgary Stampeders, and then the league office. After that, she moved to college athletics and led the marketing and fan experience for the Dinos Athletics at University of Calgary. Megan shares with us a great story about how she got to the next part of her career, her job at Stellar Algo. And this story, she reveals that getting this job took a lot of courage She shares with us some insights on the consistent questions sports teams are asking and how data is being used to solve those problems. All around, a very interesting interview with a young, dynamic, up-and-coming leader in sports who will share with us all that it takes to grow in this industry with her own very unique insight and view from the sports tech position working directly with teams in the U.S. and Canada. So stay tuned for a Leadership is Female podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Please share this podcast with your friends, rank it on iTunes, and leave a review. Appreciate you so much. Leadership is Female podcast coming at you. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Megan Kersaval, who is the Director of Sales and Marketing at Stellar Algo. Welcome to the podcast, Megan. Hi, thanks so much for having me today, Emily. Oh, we are so excited to dig into how you got there and um, hear what, what you've got to share with the audience. So I want to start out with that very question, who you are, what you do, and how you got there. Yeah, so you've introduced me. I'm director of sales and marketing at Stellar Algo, um, which is a technology uh, platform that helps sports and organizations better understand and nurture their fans with data. But I, I really didn't start in technology. I didn't start in data. Um, if you would have asked me at the beginning of my career um, what I thought of data and what I thought of technology, it wasn't even on my radar. Um, but I was, I was lucky enough that, um, I was always passionate about sports. I was a dual sport athlete, um, in university and I didn't know what I wanted to do in the industry. I really, honestly, when I started out, didn't know what 
the opportunities were. Um, but I, you know, through some lucky moments in, in classes and getting introduced to, you know, VP of marketing at, you know, the Calgary St. Peters, our hometown kind of CFL team, um, I was able to really cut my teeth in the sports industry. And I've been lucky enough to, you know, spend 90% of my career so far um, in, in some way, shape or form within the industry. And um, whether that be, you know, at a team level, at a professional team, um, on the you know, game presentation and special projects and marketing side or um, at the league level um, on the partnerships servicing and account management side or then you know, in the college athletics university world um, leading marketing and fan, uh, and fan experience which is essentially I tell everybody it's everything except for facilities and communications. Um, I was really lucky to just get a whole bunch of different experience um, and be connected with so many different people that um, when I did kind of decide to step away from the industry for a very short period of time, um, I, I just realized that um, there's nothing quite like this industry and it's something that I'm really passionate about and I wanted to find a way to kind of get back in there. And so with Stellar on the kind of vendor partner side, um, and then, you know, being a technology startup, um, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into, but um, I just kind of decided to be brave and throw myself in there. And, um, you know, here we are today. So probably one of the best decisions uh, that I've made. Um, but yeah, that's a little kind of high level, you know, who I am and, and how I got to be, you know, here at Stellar. And before we go forward with your career today, I want to back up a little bit and talk about college athletics. You are a former two-sport student athlete and national champion at the University of Calgary in swimming and then also played women's rugby and um, ultimately graduated with a business degree with a specialization in marketing. So I want to talk a little bit about college athletics. What are some of the lessons that you learned as an athlete and then also this had to be your first real go at some serious time management as a two sport athlete, uh, chasing a business degree with a specialization in marketing. So talk to us about that experience. Yeah, it was, um, so I grew up swimming. Um, I absolutely, you know, loved it. Um, I was in the pool 10 times a week and then a couple injuries really kind of sidelined me for quite a while. And, um, in high school, I was like, man, like, I really want to, I want to try something else um, without giving up swimming. So, um, so I tried out rugby and uh, honestly, it was kind of, I was like, whatever is getting, um, whatever tryouts are happening on our main field is uh, the tryout that I'm going to try out for. Um, so it was either field hockey or rugby, I ended up being rugby. Um, and I, and I loved it as well. I don't think my coaches loved it. Um, but when I got to university, um, at first I, I did kind of select, you know, I'm just going to swim. We're getting ready for Olympic trials. Um, you know, our women's team had never won a national championship before. Um, and so, you know, we were really focused, uh, you know, in the pool, in the weight room. Um, but one of those focuses too, that our coaches always, um, you know, preached to us was you can't be successful in the pool unless you're also successful in the classroom. Um, and so when you're a student athlete, um, you have to, you know, you can't necessarily take those five or six courses per semester. Um, 
And you need to be really strategic about your practice schedule, your competition schedule, and then what classes you are going to take so that you can still, you know, graduate with the, the degree that you want um, and, you know, move on to that next phase of phase in your life as well. So um, for me, it really taught me that um, to plan and to plan not just, you know, this semester or in the next three months, but plan out what does my full university career look like? What are those required courses that I know I'm going to have to take? Um, and then how do I, um, how do I kind of strategically put, you know, the harder classes or the ones that I know are going to take more work um, at different points uh, in the year? And how do I, how do I do those when um, maybe I have a little bit of a lull in our competition schedule? Um, and so, um, you know, first, second year of university, you're learning a lot of that stuff uh, as you go. And then, um, you know, had the opportunity to join um, our women's rugby team, which uh, was basically just coming on board as a first year fully varsity um, team. And so, um, you know, really connected well with the coach. Um, I really connected with a lot of, uh, you know, my teammates who I played Team Alberta with. Um, and our provincial team. Um, and so that was something that I also said, you know what, this opportunity comes once in a lifetime. Um, let's try to make this work. And so I really had to double down on, um, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you do everything you need to do in the weight room? And what are those things that um, in, in the classroom that allow you now to do what you need to do and, and to still be successful? So I learned when I was that two sport athlete, how to study really smart and how to study really well. Um, uh, and, and, and really kind of make sure that I was prioritizing. It really came down to prioritization for me. Um, and throughout my whole career, it was, you know, how do you prioritize? How do you plan, um, you know, farther in advance and then breaking down those big projects or those big, um, tasks that you have to do into smaller, uh, tasks that you can, you know, I can check this off this week and I'm still on track to be able, um, to be done in three months. Um, and so, yeah, that's a bit of a long winded response, but there was, yeah, there was a lot of kind of learning in there and, um, yeah, I, I got it done somehow. <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, kudos to your coach for recognizing that you need to be both a student athlete. And I think the word student is the first, the first word in that phrase. Um, and I, I think that's very important because as an athlete, we're so focused on your performance on the field. Um, great that that other piece was elevated and you said a lot of good things in there, studying well, studying smart, looking at the long-term versus the short-term and how that's applied to you today as you've gotten these bigger projects. It, it makes me recall the, that quote, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Like you see this big giant project in front of you and it can be so overwhelming when you're looking at the whole, whole thing. But if you start to pull back and break down and really project manage, then, then it's going to be much more easier to, to get through it. And so that really leads me into Megan today, um, what are your day-to-day -day responsibilities with Stellar? And speaking of those big projects, you guys onboard professional sports teams and help them manage all of their consumer and fan data. Um, 
how do you structure that? Yeah. Um, so my role is I feel incredibly fortunate to be able to kind of straddle two departments, um, both sales and marketing. Um, again, I never thought that I would be in sales until I started um, at Stellar. And the, the good things about being at a small kind of startup um, that's growing rapidly is you get exposed to so many different opportunities and you can um, you know, dip your feet um, in so many different things and experience so many different things. Um, but being able to make sure that, you know, both of our marketing and our sales plans and strategies are aligned um, so that we're being kind of as efficient as possible with, um, you know, what is the content that we are producing? Um, what are the things that we're talking about that are going to be most relevant um, to the questions that are being asked by our current clients, by the industry in general? What are those trends and, and what are those things that we really need to kind of dig into from an insight perspective? Um, and then, you know, from the sales side, you know, it's much of the same is, you know, really contributing to what is our overall kind of sales and growth strategy? Um, how do we improve those sales processes, especially as we grow? And the people piece is huge. And so as we're building our teams, you know, what are those things that are most important? What are those skills that we really need to focus on? Um, and then again, being at a small company, so much of it is you're strategizing and you're planning, but you're also executing. Um, and so it, it, it's a reality check. Um, a lot of the time as you're doing the planning, you can have all these great, big, you know, ambitious plans and goals, but let's really, again, break it down into smaller steps of what is, what can we accomplish this quarter um, with the resources that we have? Um, what will we be, be able to accomplish next quarter? And what are those new resources that we might need to go get? Um, and so there's a lot of, you know, long-term, short-term, medium-term, um, you know, planning and a lot of moving parts to it. And so it's really about being, uh, for me, I've found, um, you know, to stay sane, it's about being nimble. Um, and again, it, it goes back to the prioritization of, you know, what do I need to get done, you know, this week that's going to help support those larger goals, you know, further down the line um, and using a system to do that. Um, I've got kind of an online, um, like I use the Monday app and their to-do list and I highlight things that are high importance, medium importance, low importance, and then what days of the week um, that I'm like, I need to get this, I need to get these four things done on Monday. Um, no matter what. And, you know, these are the things I need to get done on Tuesday and Wednesday. And then it really helps me instead of feeling kind of overwhelmed about everything that there is to do. Um, I can say, okay, these three high priority items today, that's the first thing I'm going to tackle on my list. Um, I don't know if I answered your question totally, but <laughs> no, that's great advice. And I will, I'll link up the Monday app in the show notes. So you can check out that tool and see if it's a, a good fit um, for, for the listeners. And I had a follow-up question for you since our listeners primarily are working in sports. What are the questions that your customers are asking? Um, what are they leaning on Stellar to help them figure out about their fans? Yeah. Um, so, you know, even though with all the challenges of 2020 and COVID and, you know, so many sports being shut down, um, what has really come out as being really important and you know it was important a couple of years ago it's important now um is 
what do I know about who my fans are? Like, who are they? And like, what are they truly interacting with me the most on? And um, how do I get them to be more engaged? And so things that, you know, we see across the board is, um, you know, segmentation. So many teams want to get better at, you know, I want to speak to my fans one-on-one. I don't want to speak at them and just blanket them with general, uh, you know, messaging or marketing or, or sales messages. Um, how do I really talk to them one-on-one and how do I know who to talk to and when to talk to them? Um, and so, you know, we're seeing more and more of those questions um, coming about. And then, you know, the sales teams always want to know, okay, well, who is ready um, to have a conversation with me? And, and with all of the, you know, changes in, you know, team structures and, um, you know, sports has always been known for doing, you know, extraordinary things with, you know, small staff, um, but they're going to be leaned on even more to do more with less. And so um, how do you prioritize uh, your time so that you're really talking to the right people at the right time um, from from every perspective? Um, And coming out of 2020, another thing that we're really seeing a lot of teams, uh, you know, start to ask about is on the sponsorship side, Um, you know, sponsors are starting to ask for more um, information on you know, what is the value of our partnership? How are we acquiring uh, new customers? How are we reaching um, the right types of fans? Um, and so, uh, you know, those are questions that we are kind of actively really digging into uh, right now and will probably be, you know, a large focus for 2021, but it really goes back to to being to, to the fan and how are, you, how are you talking to them? How are you talking with them um, and making sure that, Um, you're doing that really kind of authentically. Yeah, all great information from both the the fan side and um, getting the right people, the right messages so that they can interact and purchase from your brand in the right way. Um, But then I also love to hear about innovations that you're having around sponsorship because as a, a corporate partner, things have changed. They've been changing over the last, it's not just been the last year, it's the last five plus years where we're looking for more consumer insights and partners want to spend their marketing dollars responsibly for the biggest impact. And teams need to be able to provide that type of reporting. And um, so that's that's really exciting that that you guys are getting uh, so in tune with, with the needs of the clients. And sort of leads me to my next question for you, moving up in a startup. You've grown with the company. Obviously the company has grown. Every time I speak to you, there's some new project or innovation that you're working on. What advice do you have for um, professionals twofold to move up within their company, but also I bet you've had a lot of ideas that you've had to pitch internally. So um, what advice do you have in that realm? Yeah, absolutely. So um, one, moving up in a startup, um, you know, as the company is really growing, it's, you know, as the company is growing, you also have to grow with it. And so the thing that is, I really believe has really helped me the most is always staying curious. Um, And even though, you know, it can be overwhelming at times when it feels like things are changing every day is, you know, really coming with that positive attitude of, 
okay, great, this has changed. Like, what is that opportunity? Let's think of, you know, how, how we can make this better. Um, and not being afraid to speak up in a room. Um, I know that, you know, sometimes that can be scary. And sometimes, you know, there's those feelings of, you know, you know, I'm not senior enough to talk about, or I don't have enough experience um, to, to give my opinion on this, but really not being afraid to speak up and remember that, you know, you're part of the team, you belong in that room and um, you have really great insight and you belong in that conversation. Um, and it kind of leads into, um, you know, pitching ideas. I, I learned this the hard way during my career. Um, you know, when I was, when I was at the University of Calgary as an employee with the athletic department, um, not a, not a student athlete anymore. Um, we, we did a lot of things that were based on, um, you know, gut instinct, um, and things that were institutional knowledge, um, because we had, you know, some really great staff members and, um, and coaches who had been there for, you know, decades. Um, and so when, when it comes to kind of pitching new ideas, um, I learned really quickly that you really need to have some data to back up what you believe in your gut to be true. Um, and, you know, coming from marketing background, we're creatives, we like to brainstorm, like, let's try new things. Um, but a lot of the time, you know, people that are in those really senior leadership positions have, you know, they're either, you know, straightforward kind of analytical numbers people, or they've learned to really rely on those numbers. And so being able to um, understand what, um, what those important things are to the people that you're pitching to, and then going out and doing the best you can to find that information. So when I was at the University of Calgary, we, you know, I, I had these rudimentary, I think I still have them on a, in a file somewhere, these rudimentary, you know, spreadsheets that were like, okay, this was the breakdown of, you know, students versus uh, community members versus just regular, um, um, you know, adults who are attending our games. And, you know, the numbers were maybe like, they were good enough. They probably weren't perfect. Um, and I was trying to make inferences. Okay, so, you know, next year when we go and we have to promote basketball, you know, should we promote to the whole city? Should we promote to every you know minor league basketball team that there is, or should we really focus on a specific area um, of the city um, for most of the games? And then you know how how do we get more people to come to games? And so um, I really learned that using data, um, and now it you know it fits great, and I look back and I laugh um, because Stellar has a lot of the tools that you know, I was, I wish that I had, but I didn't know what to ask for or, or what I was exactly looking for uh, earlier in my career. But um, having data to back up why you want to try something, um, that has been incredibly important um, and has also allowed me to kind of um, grow, like you said, grow with the company and, and move more into those leadership roles as well. It's that time of year, one of my favorite times of year, annual goal setting. We get to make the choice on what we want to pursue for the next 12 months. Do you need some help? Do you need a guide to take you through this annual practice? If so, head on over to my website, emilyjansen.com, and download your free guide to creating annual goals. One of the reasons I love this practice so much is it allows me to reflect on the current year and plan how I'll grow in the next I've had this practice for several years, so it's fun to look back and see just how far I've come. 
Join me in being a goal getter and download my free guide at emilyjansen.com. Don't forget to share your goals with me and other Leadership is Female listeners by following me on Instagram at Emily Jansen and hashtag Leadership is Female. You have an athletic mindset. You are tough and yet calm under pressure. You are a leader, a hard worker, and a believer in the process. Now is time to put it all together. Athletes Seek an Edge and the Win Again Academy will give you just that. Visit markmoyer.com slash win again dash academy. Register today for a virtual networking event in the club room. You won't believe the people you'll meet. Personally, it's the best virtual networking event platform I have ever used and most connected event I have attended. Visit markmoyer.com slash win again dash academy. Yeah, I mean, the word is data. And for both answers, so pitching internally to get your ideas across the finish line, you got to have the data to back up your gut. I think you put it perfectly, need data, you need data to back up what you believe in your gut. Because a lot of times our, our focus groups of one, you know, what we believe there's truth in that because you're living the product, you're working in, the, in it day to day, but you got to go back and pull out the data necessary to support your inferences. And then second, when you're looking at your own promotion, you also need data to, to back that up. Like what contributions did you make? And it doesn't have to be specifically around sales. There's other ways to measure your contributions to the company and make sure that when you're ready to lay the groundwork for that pitch, you've thought that through. Um, essentially the same way you would is if you were going to be interviewing for a new job, like you've got to go into that prepared, uh, not just thinking, oh, I'm due for a promotion or this person got a promotion. So it must be my turn. Um, make sure you think through what, what your individual pitch might be. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And speaking of, um, your days prior to stellar, um, we had talked about before that um, when you were growing in the sports industry, it, you really honed your skills at getting creative and scrappy with limited resources and budgets. That couldn't be more real today than ever before after a year for many of us with no season, or if we had a season, we didn't have fans. Budgets are different um, in this new year. So do you have any tips on how we can succeed with uh, fewer fewer financial resources? Yeah. Um, so every market and everybody is different. Um, what I found really helped uh, helped me earlier in my career, and you know, even even now when we're budgeting uh, for Stellar, like we, you know, you want to be as smart as possible with um, with how you use your budgets, um, but sometimes I think we, we, we get into a bit of a rut of, um, okay, well, you know, I need to do, I need to pay for this, or I need to pay for that. And what I learned, you know, especially at the university was, um, there's a lot of opportunities to, you know, partner with different, you know, community organizations, or, you know, for us at the university was, you know, different departments and faculties, um, and do some horse trading, um, and find out what is important to them, what are they trying to accomplish, and how could I help them do that, um, and then how could they 
you know, help me accomplish some of some of my goals. And so, um, and and then sometimes I, I I know we're in a digital world, and um, and digital plays such a, a big part, and for a good reason. Um, it is effective and it's efficient and it's a way to go. Um, but sometimes there is, uh, there's a time and place for some of that more, um, you know, traditional marketing. Like I remember we did um, because we didn't have at the time, um, a, you know, 98% of our walk-ups um, were, 98% of our ticket sales were walk-ups. And so I like, had nobody in our ticketing system really. Um, so I didn't have a lot of information on people. And so one way I was like, well, I got to get more information. So how can I, how can I do that creatively? And my student group, um, I had a couple amazing uh, students that worked with me and we wouldn't have been able to accomplish anything that we did without them. Um, but we were like, well, we could, you know, make these coupons and, you know, we could hand them out for every different campaign that we were doing or every game that we wanted to try to promote. And we we're going to try something new, like let's track that. Um, and then let's make sure that we have a special coupon. I think my ticket office department hated me, um, but you know, we did and, and it gave us some additional information and insight. And so all I can say is like work within what you have and you always have enough. Um, it's, it's about, you know, how do you connect with those people? And then, you know, also, I never look at people with, with, with big budget and say, great, you've managed a big budget. I want to know what you did with that budget. Um, and so, you know, other ways that, you know, again, have worked for me is just like, is going to talk to people and saying, you know, this is our situation. Um, how, how can you help? Like, can you help? And how can you help? And how can I help you back? Um, so a lot of that kind of trading and just relationship building, um, I, I found goes a really long way. Um, and I'm a big fan of brainstorming and just having huge brainstorming sessions and thinking of everything under the sun and then, you know, honing in on, you know, what's possible. Yeah, 100%. It's a time where we're going to have the opportunity to think outside the box and find new ways to get things done, which is exciting. Um, I don't love copying over one year to the next. You've got to learn something and make the pivots. And so I think going into this new year, um, boy, do we have a chance to really experiment and, and try new things. So you've done a couple of different things in your past, had um, time at university, had time at teams, and now you're working um, for this really cool sports tech startup is there a tipping point that you can identify in your career? Yeah, so I think you did send this question ahead of time and I've been thinking really hard and long about it. Um, so I think for me, like there's not one instance that I look back in my career and say, oh, you know, this is the thing that really set things in motion. Um, it's, it's a consistency piece for me and it's a, it's a consistency of saying yes um, or volunteering for, or asking for new opportunities and taking them, even if I didn't feel ready, even if I thought, man, I'm, I might be really in over my head and I don't know if I can do this. Um, kind of being brave and saying, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put everything I have into it. I'm going to try. Um, that has been the thing. Um, you know, when I look back on my career and how I've, you know, continue to, you know, get all these new experiences and, and grow and kind of move up. Um, it's that persistence and that tenacity of, um, 
yes, let's try. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to believe in myself for five seconds and try this. Um, and it's about, you know, staying really curious, um, and always saying, okay, I'm going to keep learning. I don't know this yet. Um, but the opportunity is on the table. So let's, let's try, let's learn, let's grow, um, having that kind of growth mindset. And, um, one thing, you know, we have a story at Stellar that we now tell for better, or for worse, um, about when I first, you know, got hired. Um, and I don't know still to this day, whether I was, you know, on paper, the best person for the job. But um, I remember seeing the job posting and I was like, you know what, this feels right. And my gut, something tells me you've got to go for this. You know what, you really don't know what the technology is. Um, you know, it's, it says there's some sales in it. You don't really want to do sales, but you know, go for it because something feels really good about it. And so um, I remember I submitted my application and I hadn't heard from them for about a week and a half. And I was like, you know what? where like where are these offices and I found their offices and after work one day I walked and at the time I was so nervous um I was really trying the whole walk I was like deep breaths like don't freak out don't cry like why are you so overwhelmed like you're just gonna go knock on their door and it was probably 5 30 and uh at the time seller had we you know six employees and so Joey our head of development and James you know now our director of customer success they were the only two in the office and I walked up and I knocked on the door and there was no, you know, there's no like reception area or anything like that. So I kind of just walked in and I was like, hello. And they, they both come out deer in headlights. Um, and I'm like, Hey, um, my, like inside I'm dying, but I'm like, hi, like I'm Megan, like I've applied for this position. Um, I would really, I would really love the opportunity to kind of have a chat with you guys. And um, I'm not sure if you guys have started the interview processes yet, but I just wanted to come and introduce myself and say that I'm really excited. Um, and I would, I just really love to chat with you. And they're like, oh, okay. Like, well, we're, we're, you'll hear from us. And I was like, okay, this is either like, this either like cut all of my chances or I'm gonna get a phone call. And um, thank goodness, uh, I tell James every day, thank goodness you called me um, or I would have had to come to the office again and ask. Um, but it, it really was about being persistent and, and tenacious about, you know, this is what I want. Um, I'm not hundred percent sure or, or confident that, you know, what of what I can do, but it feels right. And it's an opportunity that I want to take and, and not just letting it kind of pass you by and be passive about it is really kind of go after it. Um, and so we always laugh about it now, uh, about what a strange situation it was, but, um, yeah, it, it worked. And, um, I would say maybe that's the, if I had to pick one, maybe that's the tipping point that, um, that ultimately changed the trajectory of, of my career. <laughs> I love that story, Megan, and I think it is such a good example of all the things that you said. Be brave, be consistent in your efforts of bravery, be persistent, believe in yourself. And you had those five seconds or 20 seconds of courage to open that door and like literally and figuratively you opened the door to the next part of your career. And I'm so happy that you were honest that it wasn't easy for you because that's a really hard thing to do is to put yourself out there like that and, and walk into a place where you've applied. So I want everyone to really hear what Megan said there and, and think about that courage and how you might be able to apply that in your own life for the next opportunity that you really 
believe in. I mean, you said you saw that description, that job posting and something about it just nagged at you. Like, this is it. This is my thing. And you didn't wait for them to call. You went out there and got it for yourself. So congrats. And that is awesome. I love it. I love it. So, okay. So you, you've got this success today, but there had to have been a hurdle, uh, for you to get over during your career. Um, looking back today, what was that and what did you learn? Yeah. So for me, when I, when we talked like just now about, you know, having to be brave and being really, you know, afraid and overwhelmed of, um, you know, going in and going after what I wanted and having all those feelings. Um, for me, this is something that I think I, it's still a work in progress, but, um, it's not for me, the, the biggest hurdle was not being afraid to share my goals with my supervisor. So we all go into those performance reviews. We all have those one-on-ones with our bosses. Um, and they're like, how are things going? What do you want to do? Where do you want to be? Um, and, you know, I think sometimes women and like, this is myself, you know, you feel like if you share your big goals, um, or the big things you want to do, like maybe it's coming off as ungrateful, um, for the position that you have, or, um, you know, you're, you have these self doubts or this perfectionism that you're like, well, I'm not perfect in what I'm doing now. And so, you know, maybe I'm not worthy of saying that I want, you know, to be a leader in this company, or I want to, you know, be in a a C-suite position someday. Um, but when I kind of, you know, got over myself and, and got brave and also, you know, really just said, you know, I'm going to have a lot of trust in this relationship, um, that I have with my boss and say, look, this is what I want to do with my career. This is where I want to be. Um, you know, I don't know exactly what that is, but I know I want to be in a C-suite position. Um, you know, how do I, you know, do you think I can do it? That was the hardest question that I, that I've ever asked Vince or CEO. Um, but also like, what can I do to make sure that I'm on the path um, of being ready for that type of responsibility? And so, um, you know, it, it took me, you know, it's taken me a long time to be able to be, to, to be brave enough to say those things. I and mean, it keeps coming back to bravery, but, um, you know, sometimes just give yourself the pep talk that you know that you would give to your best friend or you would give to your partner or spouse or you would give to your, you know, your siblings. Um, and and, and just go for it. The worst they're going to say is like, what's the worst they're going to say? The worst they're going to say is, I don't think you can do it. And if they say that, then, you know, maybe that's not, maybe you're not in the right um, position. Maybe you're not in the right company. Um, but what I can say is that for all of the self-doubt and everything, the response has been incredibly positive. And I think it's a lot easier um, to lead, like, especially I'm looking at how I'm building my team is it's a lot easier to lead and, and know, you know, who wants to be put into different situations if I know where you want to be and I can help you um, to the best of my abilities, put you in positions that will help you get there. Um, at the same time, there's responsibility when you're asking those questions and saying, this is what I want to do, because the responsibility is that when they give you feedback of, you know, this is where, you know, you need to grow. This is, you know, these are the things you need to do um, that you actually need to actively go out and work on those things. Um, And so it's kind of that, 
you know, be brave and, and for me, you know, say, say what my dreams are and, and my goals, but also, you know, taking, you know, that responsibility and going back and be like, okay, this is how I get there. Now let's have an action plan of what am I going to do? So there's work involved too, but um, yeah, that would be, I would say that would be my biggest kind of hurdle. And 100%, I, I can't tell you how many times I have, um, people come up to me and say, I've done, you know, this, 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 and this, and this still has not happened. And I've turned it around from a leadership perspective and said, well, what's important to the company or what's important to your boss in order for you to accelerate within the organization? Like what, what do they think you need to do? And oftentimes I'm met with a blank stare. So it's so wise of you, the way you've approached that conversation. It takes that bravery to ask initially, but think about it. If, if the person who's leading you knows what your intentions are or the way in which you want to grow, they can be the leader for you that you need them to be. And also as an employee, you're more informed on what exactly it is you need to do without making any assumptions in order to level up. So perfect, perfect advice. And I had a question for you about your best advice for women. So I don't know if you've got another, you know, golden nugget, um, aside from that one you just gave us, but, um, but if you do please share. Uh, Yeah, it's, um, it's, I think it, it all relates. And so, um, these are not easy conversations to have, like the number of times that I've sat in front of my mirror and tried to have like a pseudo conversation and just been so emotional and overwhelmed, like that's normal, or at least I hope it's normal, um, because that's what happens, uh, for me, but my kind of, um, my advice or kind of the favorite, my favorite quote, um, is really, um, is, it's to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And the reason why that means so much to me, and I, I hope that it helps other people is that, and other women specifically, is that that's where growth happens. When we get outside of our comfort zone, when we work, that means that we're trying something new that's not familiar. Um, it means that we are, you know, saying yes to new opportunities. It means we're having some of those scary, you know, conversations that we've tr- probably built up way more in our minds than, um, um, than they really are. And so um, just being comfortable with being uncomfortable because then your comfort zone just continues to grow and increase. And um, that's one thing, like I've been super blessed to have, you know, some really amazing mentors, like men and women um, throughout my career. And that's one thing that, you know, I want to be able to give back to the next generation of female leaders because, you know, I remember all of those hard times and, you know, sometimes the setbacks or the things that were really hard or didn't go the way you know, I thought that they should, or they would go. Um, and so opening up space and, um, you know, just building that trust with your team, it's not only going to help you guys be stronger, but, um, but for me, I just, I want to have that relationship with, you know, everybody on our team and, you know, whether they're in, you know, a different department or not, um, you know, just being able to build those, those relationships and, um, kind of have each other's back. I'm so happy you said that as your quote. I love that quote. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. That is truly where growth happens. And if we had to come full circle on this entire conversation, it's all been about you putting yourself out there 
and having those conversations that made you feel emotional or um, nervous, you pushed through it with some courage Definitely and a lot of ultimately courage. reached your destination. And, you know, this, this whole podcast is about leadership as female. It's about visibility. It's about sharing our stories and what we had to do to get where we are today. And I think you just laid out so many incredible examples of walking the walk and, and talking the talk. So Megan, it has been so much fun to connect with you here today. How can we stay in touch? Yeah, absolutely. I am, uh, well, absolutely send me, if anybody has any questions um, or wants to chat, please send me an email. Um, feel free to share my email, Emily. Um, but um, I am huge on Twitter. I love Twitter. So at Meg Kersival, uh is my is my Twitter account um, or feel free to connect with me kind of on, on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I cannot wait to see what this year brings for you. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Emily. Wow. Thanks again, Megan, for an incredible interview. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, lessons learned from being a student athlete include being strategic about your entire college career. Which classes do you need to take when and how does that layer in with your competition? Megan was taught to plan not just three months at a time, but years ahead. That's how this applies today. Break down big projects over the appropriate length of time and allocate your schedule based on your priorities. Take the time to plan today to save you the stress tomorrow. Number two, on moving up in an organization, stay curious with a positive attitude and think when change happens, how can this change affect me in a positive way? What opportunity is provided based on this change? Number three, on being scrappy and managing a small budget, consider barter or horse trading to alleviate expenses. Ask what's important to me and what's important to this partner and can we help each other without investing additional money? And number four, finally, the ultimate words of wisdom, be brave and be consistent in that effort to be brave. If you actively practice bravery in your actions and your words, what type of progress could you make? Hey you, did you join my email list? I want to stay in touch with you so that you'll have the heads up on new podcast episodes and get the tips you are looking for to empower you to level up. It's easy to sign up. Head on over to emilyjansen.com. I'm so excited you are here and I can't wait to help lead you forward in the career of your dreams. Again, that's emilyjanson.com. Thank you for listening to the Leadership is Female podcast. It means the world to me that you chose to spend your time with this podcast today. If you like this episode, subscribe, share, and review. What can you do today to lead her forward? We will do our part to lead her forward because leadership is female. Thank you for joining us. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedus, and distributed by Anchor FM.